0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So we all have what we might consider or might not consider a disability. Yes, I said the word disability. And sometimes life hands us these disabilities and it can be our own head getting in the way of where we're trying to go or it can be a physical disability or it might just be We're letting others dictate our disabilities just because we don't show up in the world the way they think we should. And if that's you, you're going to really love today's episode because we are going to dive into what is it like when life hands you something that makes you feel like you just don't have a leg up or an arm up to get through life. I'm Rick Clemens, and I'm the host of Life Uncloseted, where we talk about all kinds of closeted stories, from coming out of the closet to be who you are, to making those big decisions to make the big leaps of faith that you want to do in your life, and even stories like today with my buddy Nick Gatto. Nick and I met through another organization that I work with. He's an amazing guy, and I'm not going to give away a whole lot, because I want him to just kind of bring his story to life. And help you realize no matter what, you can go be and do what you want to do in life. So, Nick, I'm super, super excited, man, to have you here on Life on Closet. I appreciate you stepping up, especially this is kind of your busy season. But um, let's dive in, man, and start, you know, just start talking about you because it's all about you now, man. I'm just going to step away and you take the microphone. So,
1: I thank you, Rick. I I appreciate that nice introduction. Um, It's an honor, it's a pleasure, and willing to take a chunk out of my day and just be here and to share and to reach a whole new diverse audience. And that's what I'm about in life these days.
0: Awesome, And I know I knew that from the moment you and I started working together in the other world of speaking that we met through. And then the more I started to uncover who you were and what your story was about I I just, I couldn't help but take the risk to say, hey, man, would you be interested? I know this may not be, you know, the kind of place you may think you want to be. And then suddenly it just, it's a great fit. So um, let's kind of dive in, man. So you've got a great, great company that you work with students, helping them learn how to punt and kick in the football space and everything. And you just inspire people everywhere you go. But life started out a little bit differently for you than most of us. So- why don't you kind of walk us into what happened as soon as you popped out of mama's womb there, young man? (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, you know, back in the seventies and the sixties and, you know, even in the early eighties, you know, tech technology wasn't what it is now. So the whole pregnancy that my mother had, she never knew what was going to come out and ultimately I, you know, the, you know, kind of story my mom and dad say was my, like, my dad and my sister were told that it was going to be a while. And if you want to go across the street from the hospital and you want to get some Christmas shopping done, go ahead. It's going to be a while. So they did. And they came back and they walked in the room and my mom's gone and they're wondering what's happening. And like mm. so well, she had an emergency C-section. We needed to go ahead and just get them out. And, oh, by the way, your son has half an arm. And. Uh, to shock to everybody of course back then that was kind of a faux pas like that didn't happen or that wasn't really something you ever learned about and or saw you know so ultimately a few months later I you know mom and dad tell the story of how they went to the doctor's office and they had this long list of questions and the doc was like hit me with them and they're going through question one two three four five and finally after about four or five questions the, the a doctor asked to kind of see your list and he looked at it and he took it and crumpled it up and threw it in the trash and he said he's a normal human being he's a normal healthy little boy go raise him that way and that's what they honestly did and as I grew up and started getting into sports and learning how to do things I think the biggest challenge that my parents faced like the really biggest hurdle was when they saw me trying to use my right hand but it wasn't there or right. or learning how to crawl you know like kind of crawled and I had a limp and I had a giddy up in my, you know, as we joke. And ultimately I had to be taught how to be a left-handed person because I didn't have my right hand. Mm -hmm. And they tell the stories of going to therapy and learning to use a prosthetic and kind of fast forward a few years and getting into sports and, you know, try to do sports with, um, you know, with a prosthetic and ultimately learn that the prosthetic was not a crutch that I was going to use or need in my life and i remember in fourth grade i came home from school one day and i told mom and dad i'm never going to use it again i it doesn't help me it's a waste of money it just hangs there and i remember going upstairs and taking my prosthetic off and chunking it in the back of the closet and from that point on rick man it was no holds barred like i was gone and growing up playing football basketball baseball soccer you know learned to adapt really quickly Um, You know, I pitched and I played first base. So a lot of people like to ask me about if I grew up uh, knowing a guy named Jim Abbott, who pitched in Mm -hmm. the and, you know, pitched in the pros and soccer player, I could put a good foot on it and basketball, I could shoot a good three, like a good three pointer and I could lay up, but I'm going to kind of stop there. But I'm going to kind of go back to 1983. I was Seven years old, five, six, seven years old. And my grandmother passed away like very suddenly. And it was a very traumatic experience for me. And what developed over those three or four days was one day I, I just woke up and I had a severe stuttering issue. So not only was I thrown the curveball of having one arm being born that way, now at the age of seven, getting thrown a curveball of having a severe stuttering problem where I couldn't even get my name out, couldn't even say certain syllables or certain words you know, now I'm throwing a double curve ball. I'm kind of gotten two strikes against me, as I say, and having to go through life. And as a kid, kids are brutal. Like everybody knows this kids, kids, you know, don't have a filter. Kids don't know right or wrong. They are just Mm -hmm. going off of instinct because they haven't been taught right from wrong or what's, what's normal and what's not. And I remember being picked on and being called names and, coming home from school crying. And, you know, mom and dad are consoling me, but they kept telling me, Nick, you are made for a specific reason. You are Mm -hmm. made for something powerful. You, you just don't know it yet. And you haven't been told yet what it is and you haven't figured it out, but you're going to learn over time. And that really stuck with me throughout my whole life. You know, I will say that mom and dad were my biggest cheerleaders over the years. And, they never let me settle. And then as I got into high school sports and had coaches take me under their wing and just, you know, kind of never let me settle, always pushing me because they knew that I could do it. And yes, I had to work a little bit harder than everybody else. I had to adapt when it came to, you know, learning how to lift weights and how to do certain things and came to the dating world and talking to girls and, you know, just sort of really in a, out of, box like out of the norm like everybody else had it simple everybody else had it easy but kind of like your podcast is based on is that you're kind of in a closet you're in a box until it comes time to open the door and come out be it in whatever you went through rick or what i'm going through or what other people you've had on your podcast is that that was sort of my story was when i finally accepted and grasped what it is i was dealt with And I accepted the challenge of either I'm going to let this thing beat me or I'm going to let this thing take charge and grab it and run with it. That's when I decided to finally take my life in the direction that I did. And over the years, as I said, it's just had certain people just, Nick, we see something in you. Can we just kind of take you under our ring wing and just kind of lead you and guide you and push you in the right direction? So like I tell people is I was good enough to kick a football well enough to go to college was able to get a scholarship, Uh, went the junior college route first because I didn't have the academia that I was always preached to, like you got to take care of your grades. And, you know, so I went the junior college route, had a great career, Um, went on to Arkansas State and played college ball there. Kind of like the old cliche is you never know who's listening and you never know who's watching and got there based on a coach overhearing two other coaches talking about me. Hey, tell me about the kid found me, got me, offered me, and then was blessed enough to kick a football good enough to, you know, go on and play pro. I kicked in the arena league for 14 years and had a blast. And everybody always asked me, you know, did you ever want the NFL shot? And I told them I had my opportunities. It's just my path was to go into the go to the arena football league and to make my mark and to lay my path and to follow the stones set forth. And I loved it and really enjoyed it. And about 18 years ago, I was introduced to a guy named Randy Bullock, which if anybody follows NFL teams, he now kicks for the D for the Detroit lions. One of my dear friends, we had just, uh, you know, texted the other night and uh, chit chatted about life. And, you know, so over 18 years now, while I was playing, I, I was also building my life after my career. And now I go in and now I mentor and I coach and I teach kickers punters and deep snappers. And, you know, I, I coach them from anywhere from age 10, 11, 12, up to NFL guys and work with some soccer players as well. But another platform is speaking, you know, and getting Mm -hmm. in front of people and, you know, motivating and inspire and just sharing a story of hardships and obstacles and hurdles and just wanting people to realize that if you put your mind to it, no, and no matter what you're dealt, you know, be it this or that, if you got the will and the passion, it's attainable.
0: And I love so much what you just shared, man, because it's such a parallel to the quote coming out journey that most people are like, okay, it's all about the LGBTQ experience. Every step of the way, you just laid it parallel to what we feel. You dealt with the, the bullying, the name calling, the not feeling like you fit in to finally saying, this is who I'm going to be this is how I'm going to show up, you know, screw the prosthetic um this is how i'm going to live my life this is the direction i'm going to go and Every step of the way in what you just described, it was like, here's how I'm going to be. This is how I want to show up in the world. This is what I'm going to do. Not saying it was easy. I'm not not going to bullshit anybody on this podcast that what you went through is easy, nor what we go through when we are coming out of the closet in our LGBTQ space or anything. But the thing is the perseverance and the resilience. And I think a lot of people give up. I wanted yeah. to, there were many times I was like, I'll forget it. You know, I'll, and I did. And that's why I was in the closet for so many years until I was mm-hmm. 36 years old. Cause I gave up and I went back and I wasn't living my truest self, but then fast forward, you've actually kind of done what I did. You've made this a career out of your biggest challenge and you've allowed it to be something that helps you have impact in the world and to contribute in a way that most people would say, I, I just can't do this. I just can't sure. do this. So for in sure. your darkest times, and I know there were probably many, what was it for you that helped pull you through?
1: You know, I, that's a great question, Rick, is that a lot of it dealt with the people who I surrounded myself with. You know, it's the people who I grew up with when in the beginning they were just a normal kid like anybody else and saw me as different. And, but as we hung out more and we played outside and we played sports together and we rode, you know, skateboards and bikes and we did it all. It was those that in the beginning were my biggest critics, turned out to be my biggest support system. And you look at the family, you you look at the friends, you look at the people that I is that I will honestly say I is that I never got to the point that I know a, a lot of people take it to the extreme of it. It's not worth being on the earth anymore. I'm just going to end it. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, take a lot of pills. I'm going to put a rope around my neck or I'm going to yep. put a gun to my, you know, uh, forehead. It's it never got to that point. Like, I can honestly say that. And my heart breaks whenever I see it like I like I I suffered that with a with a young man I had trained. And about three years ago, his parents told me that life just got so hard. He hung himself and I, I was devastated. Um, But there were dark times when I would cry myself to sleep or I didn't understand why people didn't want to be around me or people didn't want to date me or people because my arm made them uncomfortable. You know, it was, it was miserable, but it was because I knew because my, and God bless my parents, you know, they, they have been through so much over 42 years is that they kept telling me, Nick, you are made for something different. And then I had a coach at at my old high school who never let me settle, who to this day, I will speak to his baseball team. And I tell them, and he hates when I tell him this is because of him and why he treated me and pushed me and never let me settle. Why I act the way I do, why I, am who i am why i don't care what you think of me when it comes to people who don't know me who want to judge me right out of the shoot, kind of like you've dealt with is i am who i am i'm a very brutally transparent honest guy i have one arm i don't care whether you think you're better than me or not good for you i'm gonna shake your hand and send you on your way but the dark times yes they were tough and everybody faces it differently but I would say it's because of the support staff I had at such a young age, but I had people willing to just take me and say, do not give up. There's something better inside of you. Let's go figure it out. Let's go figure out how to draw it out of you. And that's honestly how I was able to get through it. Rick is just the support staff. And I know that a lot of people don't have it, but sometimes you're going to have to go at it alone and it's going to be dark. It's going to be scary but it's kind of like I say is that some of the greatest diamonds, some of the greatest oils are formed because they're under pressure or they've been squeezed or you grew in the darkest times. And that's where you become the great impactful person or achieve the goals you have set forth is because you didn't quit. It's it's easy to quit. And I and I could have quit a, uh, a long time ago. Yep. You know, and I tell that story of when my dad finally forced me to learn to tie my shoes like I would walk up to him and throw my foot in his lap and he'd just tie it for me. And one day he just slapped my foot away. And I'm like, Whoa, that's like the weirdest thing ever. Like when mm-hmm. I put my foot back up there and he slapped it away. And he said, if you want to go play sports this morning, go figure out how to tie your shoe. And that was mm-hmm. a life lesson, very young. And i would learned how to tie my shoe. And I actually take that when I speak to athletes who have, who have the greatest talent in the world is I bring them to their knees. When I tell them, Untie your shoe, put your right hand behind your back. Now, show me how you tie your shoe.
0: Mm. That's and they quit. So, That's such an interesting <laughs> parallel again. So one of the things that we, we do when I'm on panels and stuff, and I speak at colleges and universities, and I do it a lot when I'm solo too, depending on the situation. <clears throat> but one of the exercises we have students do is, so here's what I want you to do. I want you and any of you that are listening, want to follow along because this will wake you up even though I know a lot of you are LGBTQ, but a lot of people are also listening. Like, I just want to be inspired by this sort of story. So take a pen and with your dominant hand, write your name, just write your name. Like you're going to, I know sign a check, which very few of us do these (laughs) days, but um, like, like you're going to sign a document for buying a house or a car or whatever you're you're doing your signature. Then I want you to take that same pen and put it in your non-dominant hand and do the same thing and tell me what you feel. Mm -hmm. And it's always interesting because the first thing that happens, especially in the student world is, Oh, it feels weird or I feel stupid or I feel silly or it makes me feel angry or whatever. I'm like, welcome to being in the closet. Yes. You suddenly just felt like what it's like to feel like, okay, I'm weird because I can't do something that I should be able to do. Well, I can't help it that I'm gay. I can't help it that you're left-handed and I'm right-handed. Correct. All this stuff is what's happened to us. This is what's, and I don't even like to use the term happened to us, this is what life has brought us. And so when we can embrace that piece of, it feels awkward, it feels weird, it feels uncomfortable. Well, that's how I feel as a gay man. That's how Nick feels as a guy who has one arm. It's yeah. uncomfortable, it's not easy, it's challenging. But the whole thing that I love to shine the light on at that stage is, but you can get through it. Absolutely. You just got to choose to get through it. And I do, I feel the pain when I hear about anybody taking their life, choosing that pathway. And I really feel it, especially when I hear people who've been through like what you've been through, like, I just can't do this. I can't deal with this. Or people Mm -hmm. who are coming out of the closet, like, i will never get the acceptance that i want and that's what leads them to these spaces but the overriding message is a <clears throat> as you said nick find your people number 1 yeah find the right people to surround yourself with and number 2 understand we are much more capable and powerful as human beings than most of us give ourselves credit for
1: absolutely totally agree with that comment
0: and I'm quite sure you didn't just suddenly go, okay, I'm going to walk out on stage and tell my story. And it was a piece of cake that very first time you took a stage to go do it. Anybody who tells me that, oh yeah, I've always been a speaker. It was such an easy thing for me to go do. I just want to go, you are so full of shit. I don't even want to talk to you because I know nobody who said yes. Getting up and doing that first talk I ever did was so easy. It was just what I was supposed to do. There was a whole lot of butterflies in everybody. And- I think it's so interesting when we start to see our inner strength, like truly start to see that inner strength. So you, you told the story about your dad telling you to tie the shoe. Do you feel like that was one of the first critical moments that you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to figure this out and I'm going to have to really dig deep. Or was there a series of those events that started really waking you up to, okay, here's, I've got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this.
1: I would say that that was the first one, you know, that was my, oh shit moment. You know, like you said is holy crap. Like if I want to go continue life and I want to go play football or play baseball or whatever sport was that morning, I had to figure it out. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure it out. And now I can do it quickly. And kids want to film me and want to pull out their cell phones and film it. Like, holy crap. Like, this kid kills it. But then when it got into sports and learning how to catch a football or going a baseball or batting, or I, I tried tennis for, for a season. I sucked at it, but I tried it, you know, I tried out for the team, Um, you know, and then I did swim team. And of course I joke with my arm. Like I, I crack a lot of jokes. Like I, is when I swim, I like to swim in circles because I just got the one arm and I just do this, you know? So, (laughs) um, you know, but every little thing that I went through, Rick, was a test. And Mm -hmm. it was, do I want to go ahead and push myself to really find the solution to make life work for me, such as even tie in a tie? Mm -hmm. Or when I'm dressing myself still, it was, how do I do that nice dress shirt? I can't Mm -hmm. put my shirt on and put in button my button. So I learned how to button button at the bottom of the sleeve. And I learned how to sneak my hand through without ripping my sleeve off of the main mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. And I am able to do that now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're saying is when you figure out how to do this and when you figure out how to find your way through the challenge, Yeah, it may be hard and it may take you six, eight, 10 months, a year, two years. Yep. Like yourself, like when did you finally have the courage? How long did it take you to come out of the closet? We yep. don't know because you, because you've never told me the story, but those who hear you speak and say like, Holy shit, it took him a year. It took him two years I mean, it took him three or four years. It could have taken overnight. It's whatever yep. it's. The tying of the shoes was the first one. Then I'd say it was learning how to lift weights because I had to get bigger and stronger to keep up with the other players. So yep. I had to adapt in how to do lifting in in the weight room. And he, and even now, I go to the gym and people are like, oh, "Shit, he's going to lift weights," and they're running over to kind of watch over me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No, no, no, I got this." Yeah. And then I do it, and they're like you're good. No yeah. worries. And like, well, we never seen you lift before. And we were freaking out. And I'm like, right. Oh, that's fine. Right. All right.
0: It you know, is and interesting. And, and it's <laughs> like the baby steps that we take. And it, it's always been interesting to me to talk to so many people because it's just, this whole podcast has always been like finding those moments where there's that moment. You step into living your life on closeted, you come out of your closet, you do your thing. And yet, it never ends. It never yep. ends. You're going to be dealing with this your whole life. Just like I'm going to be dealing with it my whole life. You know, that there are going to be moments that I come out of the closet with people. You know, even the conversation I had with you about coming on the podcast. I mean, you and I had already, you know, you knew I was gay because of just that's the way I show up in the world. Not because I'm, hey, girl, <laughs> it's not that. Right. It's uh, like I'm very, right. very ca- like Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> casual about, you know, making it known that, hey, this is who I am. But in those moments, there's every day, there's another opportunity or another situation where I stand at that space of, well, do I say this or do I not say this, you know? And I've gotten to the point where I can't say that I don't really give a fuck, but I kind of don't. It's like, I'm just, this is who I am. This is who I am, you know? And I know you have those moments too. There's going to be people who look at you and the first thing that they're going to do, oh, (laughs) oh, poor him. Yeah, for him. Well, wrong? he can probably Aww, do more with that help left you? arm <laughs> than, than, than most of you are choosing and to do with both your arms. So, Funny story is about two years
1: ago, I was working with a with a deep snapper for the first time. And mm-hmm. if people don't know what a deep snapper is, he's the guy who looks between his legs and he hikes the ball. Yeah. And the kid shows up and he looks at me and he's like, this is a joke, right? Like he looks at me and, I was, and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, so where are the cameras at? He's like, this is a joke. And I'm like okay, Bubba, talk to me a little bit. He goes, you're going to teach me how to deep snap a ball with one hand. I said, yeah, sure am. And he's like, hmm. So I said, give me 90 minutes. And if you're not snapping better than before you showed up, then I'm not going to charge you. And I, mm-hmm. and I will let you walk away. And, and after 90 minutes, he looked me dead in the eye and goes, never judge a book by the cover coach, right? And I said, yes, sir. You're damn right. But that was just his perception when he, because he didn't know coming in that I only had one arm and here I am going to teach him how to do something with two hands. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you're fucking kidding me. But like you said,
0: I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't care. And it's so interesting. The perception piece is so (laughs) huge. So many people don't realize. And I, and I'm not saying that I'm sitting putting myself up on a pedestal, but our, our perceptions are so interesting so interesting about how we anticipate and then suddenly things happen and then boom we have to contend with this stuff I see it all the time I mean I'll be having a conversation with somebody and then they'll say oh so are you married yeah my husband and I've been married for six years we've been together for 20 years and suddenly it's like oh okay (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I do that I don't do that to intimidate I do that to like Well, why wouldn't I just say that? You asked the question. Why wouldn't I just answer it honestly? But it's because we start to realize these things and suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go work with this kicking, snapping coach and cool. Oh, wait, this guy doesn't look like what I expected. And yet... Once they get to know you and know your history and all the, you know, NFL stuff and being on TV and doing all this stuff with big names and stuff, which isn't, I know, isn't the driver for you, Nick. It's just the matter of this only continues to showcase how much you can do when you allow your beautiful human mind and physical body and everything else to just go get it done. For sure. And too many people limit themselves in that arena. I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody and I finally just stopped him. And, you know, okay, so this is where badass coach comes in. I said, (laughs) you know what, I really really care about you, but if you're going to continue down this path, I absolutely cannot support you as a coach. And they're like, well, why? I said, because you don't realize the only thing standing between you and wanting to go leave your job and go do the thing you really want to do, is you. Correct. That's it. Well, but I won't have any money. Correct. Well, no, you won't have any money if that's what you believe you won't have. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know what? Are other people. I don't care what other people think. It's what you think. I said, "Do you hear what you're doing?" I was purposely pushing them because I'm like, yeah. okay, I because I was kind of done, and I hope they're not listening to this podcast. But- <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. You notice I'm not saying any names or anything, but it is this interesting space that what we have between our little ears is the thing that most often, most often keeps us from doing the things we most want to do. And the only thing that's going to stop us is the more BS we buy into. That's it. You know, coming back to my story at 19 and you're right, Nick, you know, I've never talked about this, but at 19, I came out to my family They said, absolutely not. You're not, you know, go, go see the pastor, have some conversations. It wasn't ex-gay therapy, any of that, just have a conversation with the pastor and it didn't work because he was really hot. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, I get to spend a whole lot of time with this really hot pastor, you know? So what am I going to do?
1: Not going to tell mom and dad it's not working,
0: but Hey, it didn't really didn't work, you know? And then, you know, but I did feel the pressure, I felt that pressure, and it was right at the beginning of the 80s. And so, you know, HIV and AIDS was just like all this stuff. And I feel very blessed, honestly, that I didn't come out that doesn't excuse everything else that happened between getting married and coming out. It doesn't cover all that. But I don't know that I'd be having this conversation if I'd come out then because I was too naive, I was stupid, I would have gone out very rebellious. And who knows where I would have been. But What changed everything, besides meeting somebody who really changed everything, was I had to get past my own mindset about, I can't be married, I can't have children, I can't do this, I can't do all that. Okay, I actually could, and I have. And for anybody who's listening, it isn't just about the LGBTQ experience. Nick has more than proven that in this conversation today. It's what you get in the way of with yourself is going to hold you back more than anything anybody else can do to you. That's a
1: great point there. And it's something that I tell all of my players is you do not bring the words I can't Mm -hmm. in front of me, because if Mm -hmm. I hear that come out of any of my players mouths, I go off on them Mm -hmm. because I tell them I have told people my entire life, or I've been told you can't do anything, Nick, you will never find a wife. You'll never find a girlfriend. You'll never have children. You'll never accomplish anything in life part pardon my words fuck you mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: yep. don't yep. don't tell me because that's only going to fuel me and so yes. when I have a player coach I just can't do it no bullcrap we're going to figure it out it may take you a little bit longer than Johnny over here who's been able to just click and kick the ball and snap the ball and punt the ball like an all-american but for Matt over here Matt's going to take a little bit longer and that's okay mm-hmm. and like you just said I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, fat, skinny. I don't care Mm -hmm. if you have a dream. Like I had a dream to go play pro football. Like I had a dream to be the first one arm astronaut ever. And I went to space camp and I still love science and space. And you, you would think I was a six year old. If you take me down to the Johnson space center, because I just love the atmosphere, but don't give me the bullshit excuse that you're worried about what other people think. And that's kind of what you and I have talked about is social media and today's society expects you to act a certain way. Yep. And if you don't have a certain number of likes, followers, comments, retweets, uh, shares on your people's storyboards, like you're not popular. I don't yep. care how many likes I get when I post a video. But when I post a selfie, people go ape shit because I because I don't do it a whole lot. And suddenly I have like three hundred and fifty likes. I'm like, Jesus, I didn't know people like my selfies more than they act or like my clips. But I post the clips because I make it about my my players. Yes. Or I post pictures of my daughters. They are ten and twelve. And yep. it's funny because we talk about having to adapt.
0: Yeah.
1: When I had my kids changing diapers, who talk, talk about having to learn how to hold legs and white butts, you know. Yep. And yep. It, and it pissed their mom off because they would just lay down and throw their legs up for me when it came <laughs> time for me to change diapers, you know, <laughs> but when she went to change them, they're flapping their legs. Flapping and
0: all over the place, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, but I, but like you and I, I don't care whether you're gay or straight. It's your, people get so caught up and hell bent on. I'm so worried about what everybody's going to think. Mm-hmm. Look at your circle yes, that's who should, you should really care about what they think is the circle of people who have been there, supported you through it all good times, bad times. When you were debating, do I come out? Do I, do I, do I keep it a secret? Dude, man, roll with it. Like people coach, how did you do it? I don't care what people who don't know me think, right? I care what my circle thinks. And I, and it's funny, we're having this, this conversation, Everybody knows an actor named Matt Bomer. Mm -hmm. Am I right?
0: Yep. Yep. Matt
1: and I are good buddies. We went to high school together. And Matt's parents live about a mile from me. Mm. And Matt was in town last week. I haven't seen him in years, but I will go support every movie he puts out. I don't care if I'm the only guy in the theater. Magic Mike, I was in there supporting my buddy. And when he came out of the closet, not a single one of us questioned why. Not a single one of us changed how we felt about them, how we viewed them. We loved them still the same and we still love them. So I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, fat, skinny. I'm going to love you because of my experiences, because I have no predetermined judgment whatsoever of who you are or how you act or what the color of your skin is. I don't
0: care. That's awesome. And that's what it's all about
1: because I love you for who you are because of the challenges you've been willing to overcome and face and go chase. And that's why you and I have clicked so well, Rick, because I knew from the first conversation and you kind of hinted at, I'm like, dude, me and him have been through the ringer and we're Mm going to click amazingly.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And that's probably a really great place to like bring this full circle is when you realize you're not going to click with everybody and that's okay the more we think I got to have everybody on my team. I have to have everybody on my side. I hate to tell it folks, (laughs) you're blowing some stuff up your own ass at that point, Accept who will accept you live with those who can take you on. You're wasting your energy on those that won't embrace you and keep that energy for the good in your life. Quit fighting it. I fought it for years. And when I finally said, okay, fine, these people aren't going to accept me, even down to my own parents. And now it's a whole different ball game because we've come full circle and things are great, but sometimes you just gotta, you gotta walk away because you're going to hurt yourself more than you're going to help yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's just the biggest thing and that if you can embrace that you are who you are, you are your own one arm wonder in the world, no matter what, what you're challenged by, take Nick's words and his beautiful story and let it like, drive you forward here from his stuttering to not having an arm to i mean this guy can tie a freaking shoe with one arm so uh hands down and you know i'm just like and and then changing a diaper i mean i did my fair share with my own girls and it's like that's like a workout in and of itself right there but um you know if you really realize this is what you are capable of this is what you can do when you put your mind to it you can come out and live your life uncloseted without apologies and no excuses and no fears. So, so Nick, I loved having you on here, man. We've got all the ways to connect with you. You can go to his, tell us a quick little bit about, you know, kind of the, the company you have with helping these kickers it's fourth and 10, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you work with, with college, high school, uh, what levels going oh, from really.
1: as young as 10 or 11, based on the ability level all the way up to Pro guys, NFL guys, uh, CFL guys, arena guys, um, you know, I've been doing it 18 years and I just love watching a young man who has a passion and just teaching them and just encouraging and, you know, pouring into him and lifting them up and just helping him realize, holy crap, I learned how to do something and it could take me a long
0: way. So, see, he's a much bigger deal than he's letting on. He's 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 actually yeah. out there in the world with some pretty amazing people. So, and that's why I love this guy. He's so humble about it. It's just like, hey, yeah, I do this stuff, and I think that's a part of being who you are too. Unapologetically, is you don't have to be something to like let everybody know. Oh, look, here's who I am, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's part of standing firm in yourself and being who you are without like throwing it out there, throwing it out there, throwing it out there. So, um. Like I
1: tell people is that the loudest person in the room is also the weakest person. And it's those that, that kind of sit back and just soak in and just let the room feel itself out. The ones who you're supposed to inspire and, you know, reach out and help and, you know, leave your impact. That's that, that's who the most powerful person in the room is.
0: Yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, thanks again, Nick, for being here, buddy. So appreciate you. You can get in contact with with Nick um, through the website, through his 4th and 10, his speaker website. All this stuff is going to be on the show page. And really, truly just go check him out, connect with him. And hey, if you need some help kicking, even if you just need to kick your spouse in the ass, I'm sure he could help <laughs> you. Got you <laughs> he, he, he's got you covered there as well. So uh, Absolutely but anyway, well, I, go out there, everybody. and just you guys.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Oh,
0: of course, of course. And everybody go out there and just keep being who you are in the world with no excuses, no fears, and no apologies. And we will catch you in just another week. Hey, Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.